0: the title of today's episode is defying norms building tech
1: it's great to have investors because you can um you can get a lot further a lot faster with that backing but then also you have a boss that you have to report to and be accountable mm. to in, in some way
0: this is dan
1: um and so there's there is a trade off there if we if we circle back around and do that with video snap i'm going to want to have some really clear guidelines and expectations set on what what um, aren't ex our uh, Hmm. investors can expect from us, you know, as far as where we're going, we're still the ones making the decisions. Um, We're still Hmm. the ones, you know, we would not not sell a a majority share at all. Um, So that should be understood.
0: But Dan is on a mission to help bootstrapped entrepreneurs avoid burnout. He's a three time SaaS founder, serial entrepreneur, host of the Meaning Movement podcast. His work has been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, Fast Company and more. So if you want to learn how he did that over the years and how you can do as well, stick with us. Now, if you want to learn more about me, go to issuesing.com, dot com. You can go there, learn more about me. If you want to learn more about startingtoknow.com, go to startingtoknow.com. This is the evolution of this podcast. You can go there, learn more about many business-related topics. If you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me via email me at the or you can get in touch with me via info at the rate starting to know.com. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Dan to the show. Hi, Dan. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for
1: having me. Just really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, likewise, likewise. A pleasure, a true pleasure to have you here as well. So what is happening in the meeting movement and video snap?
1: Yes. so the meaning movement is a passion project, um, business that's kind of been the side a side hustle for of mine for a long time, really focus on fulfillment, satisfaction, helping entrepreneurs build businesses that we can love for the long haul. And what that means is that too often I've in my own life and seen others, uh, my my associates, my friends, uh, mm. Optimize our lives for a long, for a long-term payoff. We, you know, we'll, we we hustle hard, we push hard, in order to get that hockey stick growth. Mm. And uh, some ways, we sacrifice our day-to-day lives to a to a life that we don't love in order to gain a future that may never come. And so, what the meaning movement is really focused on is. Is a couple of things. One is is changing the narrative around entrepreneurship that it's not just hustle culture. It's some there's there's a whole world of ways to go out building business that um, can be fulfilling, that can have balance, that can give you satisfaction along the way while you build a profitable business. And two, when you do that, when you build in a way that Suits you and your goals. You're also going to build a more profitable business because you're building a business that you can love for the long haul. Meaning, you won't experience burnout. You won't uh, quit too early. You won't sell too early. You won't, you know, lose your health or sanity along the way. And that's really what the mm-hmm. Meaning Movement's about. It was a podcast and an accelerator, all focused on um, on that. Out mm-hmm. of that, with the podcast, I had this problem of how do I get this content that I'm creating in front of more listeners? How do I reach more people? And um, created a software called VideoSnap. That's a content repurposing tool. allows you to upload either audio or video, Mm -hmm. select a portion from that. It transcribes it for you. Just select the the words, the text that you want to make into a short form video. It then will grab that section from the source Mm -hmm. and put... Text over footage, uh, both both from the source as well as B-roll footage, to make a really dynamic and engaging short-form videos. That's you know ready for TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, etc. So it's the best way to repurpose long-form content into these short-form um, formats that are taking over um, social media. So those are two of the pro the two projects that I'm uh, I'm working on building right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, great great story there. And you said. Not you said here but i know for a fact like i've, I've gone through your bio like you said three companies exits and yes. much more but all yes. in tech so yes. why tech despite why tech? not not having a technical background like opportunity yeah yeah cuz i am a non
1: tech like. founder i kind of yeah. have fallen fallen into it in some ways kind of through the through the back door so i started the meeting movement as my first real entrepreneurial um project about Mm -hmm. 10 over, just over 10 years ago at the time of this recording. And I had no idea how to grow um, a business. I had a passion to help people around purpose fulfillment and, um, and was just trying to just make it no- make some noise and, and grow something mm-hmm. but pretty quickly became aware just, i just i don't know how to i don't I was starting a blog you know, started a podcast but i at that time there wasn't a ton of education online about how to do these things so it was very much figuring out as i went and looking for people that i could learn from i knew that just from my experience in other in other areas of life that you can get so much further faster when you have guidance from people who have who know the road um and that put me in connection with um a team that at that time they were work they were uh, an SEO team. They mm-hmm. then pivoted shortly. I did like an internship with them, and then they pivoted to be a private equity um, firm buying websites and softwares. And then they tapped me to say, "Hey, we just bought this this video platform. Do you want to jump in and run it for us while we while we hold it? We'll we'll, we'll hold it for a couple of years mm-hmm. and then sell it." And I thought, "Well, I have no idea what it would take to do that." <laughs> but this sounds like a really incredible opportunity for me to learn, and so I jumped in, just jumped into the deep end of you know all of a sudden was managing six developers and growing a growing a team and growing a software. We did five or six different product, major product releases and launches, and uh, you know three or so million dollars of sales in that with that company. Um, really d- did did great, but all of it. Mm-hmm. Very much figuring it out as I went, and that led to other opportunities and opened other doors in the software space, and continued to to both develop the meaning movement as a really a passion project and something that is a, a one piece of the you know uh, income portfolio for me, mm-hmm. but then also um, building software, taking that experience, learning how to how to work with developers, how to how to do product, how to do product well, and then um, you know leverage that into other other opportunities. And so, that, so I've very much fallen into it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I have one sibling who's a, uh, it was a developer from the time he was like 10 years old. He knew he wanted to program computers mm-hmm. and I never thought that my path was very different and it's I never thought that it would converge, <laughs> you know, that would be in the same, the same field. Um, but you know, that life has a way of taking you places that, uh, that
0: you don't expect. For sure. For sure. And like talking about the places you, you have gone through the whole journey, whole cycle you have seen different transitions happening in your life. So what about like being in a non-technical founder or non-technical entrepreneur? Like the biggest challenges that you might have seen.
1: Yes. I mean, the, the biggest challenge is, um, is just really not like not being able to, to get into the code and really know what's what, Mm. right? And so you have to have um, partnerships, relationships, and team members, who who you trust who can really manage that side of the business i think in another you know in another reality i could see myself being like an indie hacker who's a, a coder you know building a project just me just getting out there and just you know figuring it out and doing it all myself i i, I love the indie hacker community on on um twitter but because of my skill set it's just not the right fit for me and so all of what i've done has always been through pa- partnerships and i look back at my life and i feel like the all the good things that I've accomplished in life um, have been through relationships, through partnerships, and I think that's really what where my um, strong suit lies. I'm just good. I'm good with people, and I know that's mm-hmm. such a soft skill. I feel like it's a very under um, under uh, sold skill in a lot of ways, undervalued. Um, but mm-hmm. that is that is how I've um, you know been able to overcome that. And so with okay. um, VideoSnap, Snap, um, I have a, a business partner and I who we've we've launched a couple couple things and um, done a lot of marketing with him. He's his skill set is is sales. He does sales. I do product. And then we have. Um, a, a development uh, partner with um, the different projects that we've done. 923.co is our partner with VideoSnap. Um, and even through my relationship with them, again, mm-hmm. talking about relationships, they brought me on board to do product for them with their clients as well. So in addition to the Meaning movement, in addition to VideoSnap, I'm also um, get to be a strategist around product, help help founders think about business models for for software, uh-huh. um, and all that is to say, the way that that I've found to compensate for, and I, I don't even like using the word compensate, yeah. uh, but compensate for the gap in my skill set around um, technology and 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 coding is to overcompensate in the other in the other ways to bring a strategy, to bring marketing, to bring sales and to bring relationship um, in ways that um that others haven't been able to. And even with VideoSnap, mm-hmm. you know, partnering with 923, getting this off the ground, they've launched a handful of ventures on their own and video snap moved further, faster than anything else that they've ever done simply because of the skill set that I brought to the table that they didn't have. They could build amazing product, but um, I can market and sell great mm-hmm. product.
0: Mm-hmm. Talking about the partnerships, like what do you feel uh, you prefer to go with the co-founder route? You might have seen like many things happening because it's not only your ventures, you have your partner with companies, your partner with people. So what yeah. do you have seen? Co-founder route is always the best what you have felt or you can go yeah. through as well
1: yeah i've i've always um you, taken the, the the co-founder route we have uh we did launch um one product within an agency that um we just hired them they didn't have any equity um and it just didn't it just didn't go well and it was one of the first products that that we launched um and the 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 problem was just, you know, unless you have a good amount of funding, it's really expensive to build to build software. So we mm-hmm. got them, you know, we built, they built everything that we we wanted up to spec, but then we got it out in front of customers and started selling it and the customers wanted other things. And so then we would have to go back to them and get, and would, you know, have more expense to keep building. To get over that initial hump of building the product and finding product market fit takes a lot of iterations, a lot mm-hmm. of changes, small things, but all those small things add up. And so to have a partner who's either, you know, the the, the two routes are either have a partner who's um who's an equity partner, co-founder, or Have a um, you know have backing of some some way where that's self funded and you have you know have some good good funding from another income stream or you have um, you know some some other kind of capital behind you that then would allow you to to uh, accommodate for all of those those pivots. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's essential to to the journey. But that's how I've navigated it. I'm sure there's other ways that other people would would navigate it, but it's always been as you know partnerships or or co founders with VideoSnap. We talk about about me as the founder because I'm the face of the company, Mm -hmm. um, and I've been really responsible for a lot of the positioning and finding the right customer for for the product. But in reality, there there are three you know three partners that are involved. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So okay, talking about we talked about the co-founder route. So what do you think about uh, founding the team or finding the team, uh, the initial team, the co-founder? Not always can do everything. He cannot. He or she cannot be good in UX, UI, coding, like everything back, back backend, DevOps. You name it. So yes, totally. um, So there has to be like even you're hiring it as a freelancer, but you have to get some help from Mm -hmm. outside. So how do you how do you go about it? Like you find someone in your circle. You go with freelancers. Yeah.
1: Yeah it's a little bit of a of a mix. Uh, I think at any time our teams have had uh, a handful of a couple full-time people and then a, a couple part-time People filling in, filling in gaps. And those teams, you know, kind of have kind of scaled, scaled up and down based on mm-hmm. how, how business is going and what what we're chasing, what opportunities we're chasing after. Um, I think that at, at the high level, thinking through what your skill set is, what the gaps are that you're that you uh, need to fill in order to move the business forward, to launch the business, all of those things. I think that's the first place to to look as far as as far as partnership. And then mm-hmm. as far as building the team. To look at what are the the um, where are the gaps that are that result in the most consistent you know workload. So whether those be um, like support, is it one of our we have a, a team member who's fantastic on the support side and he's able to move between a couple of the different projects that we have. Um, and so looking for someone who one with the support experience, two then we um, vet them based on on having them respond to lots of different scenarios, and mm-hmm. then three just over time. People just prove themselves to be um, to be the, the kind of people that that you you know that, that are. That, that can learn that can grow that are adding value and looking for opportunities and trying to contribute more than just in their job and that's a big um, skill set and mindset that that we're always you know, i'm always hiring for i'm looking for someone who who's not just looking to do a job and you know um just that that their responsibilities would stop with their job description but looking to see how they can contribute to the mission of the organization and other gaps on the team because in startup world when with these small companies you're always wearing multiple hats and everyone has to be comfortable you know doing more than just what their core competency is and so that's one of the things that we're always looking for is you know I want a specialist but a specialist who's comfortable playing
0: in the generalist world mm-hmm. and um I think so nowadays it's it's more so off like you have to be a journalist like if you're gonna be a specialist yep. like talk about copywriters yes <laughs> now like you have the AI so if you're gonna yes. be a specialist in copywriting like you're gone Yes, so, it's a
1: perfect example.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you know, yeah, yeah, without being a journalist nowadays, it's a it's a hard time, man. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, 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 yeah it is. I I'd be curious to think it was t- how how I don't know HR and, and people who are hiring managers. I really think about that and articulate that. But I totally agree that that generalist you can't just be a generalist, but it's also like you can't just be a specialist. I was yeah. thinking the other day, like I feel like I'm a specialized generalist. Is that a thing? It's like both, but uh, <laughs> but but that's how I think about it.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I i think of in the same way like um if you see my linkedin i i i, I write myself as a doer and master of many things so it's like yeah. i know many things but yeah i'm master of that as well Yes, I, i'm not saying like i know one thing and master of that i might know 10 15 things i might yes. not know 100 but i know yes. 15 And I'm master of those. So uh, basically, I love that. That's a really
1: great way to say it. Yeah, you're not a master of one thing. You're also not a master of a hundred things, right? You know, you know, kind of maybe maybe not just your lane, but you know, uh, maybe what freeway you're on and all the lanes on that freeway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and then like, what strategies can be can be used to overcome the lack of technical knowledge and skills? Um, In my world as well, I'm I'm also a non-tech founder. Um, Yeah. I, I'm not from the technical background. I do have the people. I'm relating with everything, What do you whatever you're saying. You said, look yes. for the people, hire the people who are uh-huh. always passionate or uh, ready to put extra effort in what they were hired for initially. But yes. um, I, I'm relating with everything, whatever you have said so far. So are there any strategies that, that you uh, try to use to overcome the lack of that technical knowledge and skills? Yeah, I mean, the the main the main thing um, I think it just comes down
1: to finding the the right the right partners that you can trust and lean on um, for those those non technical things. The other way that you can go about that is is to have third parties. And again, I guess it always comes, for me it comes back to relationships. Know the the people who you can call on for favors if you need help. You know, vetting vetting mm-hmm. talent, vetting code. All of those things. You don't have to be capable of doing it yourself. There are other ways to get that done. So if you're looking to make a technical hire, you don't have and you don't have the skill set to validate the the um, the work product, find a network, build a network of other people that you could call on and say, Hey, I'm looking to hire this. Here's here are the candidates that we're considering for these reasons. Could you take a look at the code that they've built um, and see. See how it stands up. See what changes you would you would make. See if you feel like it, they would be a, a person that you would hire on on your team. And then the other the other way is, is uh, related to that as well. Is just you know again talking to um, talking to, to to other teammates, former managers, validating their work from other sources as as well. You know from their from their history. Um, but that's the other, you know, the other direction I go with it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I think feel like a lot of technical, um, non-technical founders need to need to hear, non-technical entrepreneurs is that like I think it's really easy to build up this um uh skill set that developers have as being like something ultra specialized and like kind of like black magic that we can't understand when in reality there's a lot there's a lot of it that i do understand because i have been around long enough i know how apis work i know Mm. you know sure i don't i don't get in there and and get into the code but like you pick up a lot just by being in the conversations, just by asking the questions and you develop that over time. And I would never call myself um, a developer, but I know enough to, to, um, I know enough to get myself into trouble. And that, <laughs> that really does help in um, as I'm building, as we're you know having conversations about here's what we're trying to do for our customers. Here's the product that we're trying to build here. I can now bring ideas of how we could possibly Um, implement that from a development side and then my developing team development team can say yeah this is or isn't possible but they have to go and do their own research about it Mm -hmm. as well and so it's not a um skill set that's as uh i don't know mystical i guess as as it sometimes can seem Where sometimes people talk about it like it's this ultra you know ultra elite um
0: skill set i i try to I, I try to go with that route uh, of learning the tech skill. Uh, I think many years back, I thought, oh man, like this is a time because I fail many times uh, being mm-hmm. a non-tech founder, tech person can cheat you. Like you, you don't know what yes. you're doing, like what yes. they are doing. Like they're charging you money. Like they're giving you the product it's okay, but you don't know what happened. Like there is a lot of patchwork, like so many things are out there. So, um, so what I did, I, I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn. I started yeah. with HTML. I started CSS. Uh-huh. So what, what I, what I realized, this is not for me, man. Like it, <laughs> doesn't matter how hard I push. So yes. what I did, I touched HTML. I gone through all the courses, like just to get an overview of like yeah. overall understanding of this is how it works. Yep. Then I went with CSS. Then I went yep. with Python. Then yes. I went with a few other languages to just yes. make myself, um, I would say comfortable enough so that no one can cheat me. But of yes. course, I, I'm not a I'm not a programmer. Like if someone wants to cheat me, they can. But now I have a. Uh, have people around me so yes uh, totally agree
1: to... and I've, I've done the same thing that's really what even just starting with the meaning movement really allowed me to do is have a, a site that i could break uh and then <laughs> figure out how to fix and i did that many times i know way too much about wordpress sites and and it's, all the things you talk about css um html mm-hmm. um all of it um so but but not enough to not enough to build a product but enough to Enough to go in there, and tweak things, and then you know yeah. make a lot of uh, spaghetti code out of uh, as a result. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like you t- touched onto the point of um like money, and you talked about a little bit of uh side of uh pulling up or asking people for the references, things like that. Yeah. Let's talk about the funding. Like you. Yeah. So did you ever try to raise money for any of your companies, any of your ventures so far? We
1: haven't yet. But I mean, just fully to, to be fully transparent, we're we are looking at um at doing that for, for video snap right now. It just feels like the right moment for uh for this technology. And um, and so we're we're considering raising some money to um just to move it forward faster. So it would be mm-hmm. to to do more on the development side, move the development along quicker as well as um throw some, some fuel on the fire on the, the marketing side, just to get it in front of more people. But I have not, we've not done that yet. I have mm-hmm. worked with investors, um, through some of our, some of our other projects that first, you know, of course that first software that I, I ran, um, you know, had investor calls that I was reporting to. Um, and, um, I don't know. I mean, like it, it, investors it's great it's great to have investors because you can um, you can get a lot further a lot faster with that backing but then also you have a boss that you have to report to and be accountable mm. to in, in some way um, and so there's there is a trade-off there if we if we circle back around and do that with video snap i'm going to want to have some really clear guidelines and expectations set on what what aren't um, expected our, uh, yeah. investors can expect from us, you know, as far as where we're going, we're still the ones making the decisions. Um, we're still yeah. the ones, you know, I, we would not, not sell a, a majority share at all. Um, so that should be understood, but would yeah. want to make sure that, um, that we're going to make the decisions that we think are best for the company for the long-term growth, not necessarily for, you know, short, short-term investor, um, and dividends and, and payouts. So, yeah. um, but yeah, that's how that's how I've approached it. Everything, almost everything we've we've done has been um, self-funded, um, bootstrapped, which is challenging. You're always you know very resource constrained, but also because of that you learn to be, you learn to be um, nimble and efficient and um, how to stretch your resources further than um, you would otherwise without that kind of mindset behind you.
0: True, I agree. Like, sure, uh, there are some like bootstrap outliers, but usually investment back. Uh, yeah. Companies runs faster, grows bigger. Yes. Um, bootstrap is is the hardest way, and I've been going through the same process till now. Like uh, raising the investment, I I try to raise it for uh one of the venture that I did. I'm still pursuing that, but it's mm. it was hard. Um, yeah. Being in Toronto, I'm gonna talk about like being Canadian. Like uh, mm-hmm. ecosystem here is different. It? Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of, it's, it's totally different. Like in U S they, they, they can talk about your vision, where you want to take this project or where you want to take this product. What's What's going to happen. How big is the market here? It's mm-hmm. different. They talk about how much you are making right now. Um, uh, like, oh, is there a product market fit? Yeah. Like there is like, there, there are very few companies who go through that angel investing, uh, rounds and yes. those initial CSA rounds. Yes. And I'm I'm uh I think I will be um publishing video in a few days uh where I've basically done a lot of research hours of research in trying to find out like what's happening in Canadian ecosystem It's a mm. same story. Like we got a lot of funding in 2022, 2021, like I'm talking about in Canada companies got the investment. Yeah. But 99% of the investments came from US. Australia, mm-hmm. Netherlands, yeah. only, yeah. only like few companies were from, or few firms, venture firms were from Canada. So like, it's yeah. a lot of, a lot of things are happening here as well at the same time. So fascinating. Yeah. So, and w- what do you think? Like, I can keep on going with this uh, process, this conversation. I'm loving it. This is my topic. I, yes. I can totally relate with you, like, <laughs> with whatever yeah so any final thoughts uh that you would like to share with the person who's listening to this episode right now?
1: Yeah, I mean final thoughts um I I I love talking about these things as well. Um anyone who's out there listening who is um a, a founder likely self-funded but really regardless thinking about um, how to build their business, the, a business they can love for the long haul, thinking about where, the overlap between their personal goals and their business goals. Uh, I'd love to help with that with The Meaning Movement. I have a, a burnout risk assessment that I'd love to offer people at themeatingmovement.com slash start, which will give you a score on how what what your risk level is for burnout, um, trying to raise awareness of how much um, our, effort can be um uh our pacing can be off when we're when we're building um so I'd love to love to have people um yeah go there and check it out mm-hmm. if anyone's interested in repurposing content podcast speech speeches talks or just creating shorts for youtube and tiktok check out videosnap.io and if you're looking to build software i'd love to build with you at 923.co
0: thank you so much Dan. this really means a lot thank you
1: it's so great to be here thanks for having me